remember the empty chair. So imagine if you're having, whether it's a business meeting or you know, an internal team meeting, imagine if there's an empty chair in that room and your client is sitting in that room, the client of yours is sitting in the room. So when you're talking about doing a marketing uh, initiative or talking about a new business initiative, imagine if you had a representative of your database sitting in that room, what would they say about what you're talking about, right? And if we can just imagine the, the, the empty chair of, even if nobody's looking to do the right thing and to say the right thing um, and to be honorable, I think we'll all be in a better position. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Joel Holland out of Chicago, Illinois. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ray. Yeah, man. Happy you're here. Joel, why real estate? Well, so it's it's, it's uh, the, try not to get too long of the long-winded story, but started off as an advertising and marketing major in college and found out I didn't want to go into the advertising and agency space and started selling radio advertising for the college radio station at WPGU in Champaign, Illinois. Um, and so that really helps me understand how to get to the basic and bottom, essentially a, a needs analysis of what do you want from, for your business, for your life. And that really empowered sales in, in general, but like not just here's on my one product and here's how I'm going to sell you this product. It was helping find problems and uncover solutions for those, uh, for those people. And so real estate just happened to be that perfect solution where a great combination of meeting new people, of actually being able to not just sell a specific product, but sell myself and, and help someone with a basic human need. Uh, no offense to vacuum sales cleaners, but I said I'm not selling vacuum cleaners. <laughs> We're helping and empowering someone to find somewhere where they're going to live where they're going to have happy moments, sad moments, where they're going to grow their family, where they're going to, where they're going to work from home now. Uh, and it's just a really beautiful thing to help someone with a basic need that is so important. And no one teaches you these, these things. Um, so it's a great combination of, of, of what I was looking for in life and helping people and making the world better one day at a time, right? So I think that's great. But the question I want to go a little deeper. Yeah. How did you get to real estate, right? Did you, yeah. you drive and buy a house and be like, you know, dude, I need to sell houses? Or yeah. did you have a family history? Did you know somebody? What was the influence to actually say, hey, you know what? Real estate is the solution I'm looking for. Yeah, so so post, you know, after I gradu graduated college, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew the kind of lifestyle I wanted. So I said, wanted to make sure I was doing something that was impactful, wanted to make sure that I had... Uh, colleagues, but wasn't sitting in an office all day. I'd go crazy. But then at the same time, I interviewed for like pharmaceutical sales and that was too much out in the world and too much. You know, I, I wanted a home base, if you will. And it was really more so of, I, I imagined what my perfect life would look like and what the day-to-day -day would look like. And then I interviewed for yeah, pharmaceutical sales, for, for wine distribution reps, for a uh, marketing company, for commercial real estate, industrial real estate. Uh, a couple of the things, uh, lending, which that was in 2006, so that would have been an interesting, uh, interesting uh, uh, topic to get into, and really just felt that uh, real estate was what hit all of those. And I met these really great mentors, that you know, first guys that I worked for out of college, uh, these three guys who were all from the Detroit area, and they were serial, serial entrepreneurs. And at the time, had started a job placement agency and a networking company. And they realized 
We're helping all these people from the Big Ten graduate and move to Chicago. We're helping them find a job. We're helping them network business and social networking. You know, what's next? Like they all need a place to live. And so to be able to be at the groundwork of helping people and helping grow this business. And those were guys I just wanted to be in business with. It just seemed like a, a natural fit. And so real estate absolutely just fell on my lap. And I got the job from the job placement agency, actually. I interviewed through them. They did a lot of sales and accounting. And they said, yes, we have a great job for you on our real estate side. And as soon as I met the guys and, and really understood that real estate could offer the lifestyle I was looking for, that was 15, 16 years ago and no turning back. And that's awesome. You had some foresight into the life that you wanted to create for yourself. Where yes. did that come from? That's a great question. Well, part of it was more so of when I thought I wanted to go into advertising and realized I'm an advertising major and don't want to work in an ad agency. What do I do? And once again, this was 2006 where the, the market was with that. When I graduated, the market was still good. A year or two later, my job was to go back to the University of Illinois to speak to the, to the advertising graduates and saying, you don't have to go into the agency world. So I, I was very fortunate that, that um, I had the foresight to realize I didn't want to go into advertising and had to totally re rethink what I wanted. And it really was all very organic, though. Um, it was when I was doing the radio sales and radio advertising, realizing what I liked, what I didn't like. And because I was actually so lost, I, I didn't know where to start. I just started writing down, okay, what, you know, what are the things that I do like or didn't like? I, I wish I had a mentor or a coach uh, at the time. Uh, when people get into real estate, they say, what would you do differently? I would say hire a coach or join a team or, or get a mentor. Um, so it's just very fortunate and organic to, to have the foresight of, of what I wanted. And it really was the guys that were involved, uh, Jeff Elman, Michael Krasman, and Michael Reddish. So those are all my, my first uh, mentors in my professional career. And I had some great mentors at the radio station who I'm still close with, a guy, Matt, Matt Starr and Jason Shishulka, uh, both guys who I still talk to today. Um, so I had really great mentors in the sales and management space to help me really understand where my strengths and weaknesses were. So the original crew from Detroit that you started with, are, yeah. did you still have relationships and businesses with those guys? Yeah, very much so. So, so the, the real estate company we started off, I started off with was called Home Scout Realty. So they started that in 2005. I joined in 2006. And so they were, once again, all these people moving into Chicago, needing a place to live. So they started off as a leasing company, just helping people find their first first apartment to rent, right? You know, Ray, imagine you, you just graduated in May. You have, you know, one or two buddies uh, that you wanted to move in with. You move, at, move home for a month or two, and then you find your first apartment in the city. You know, we would help you find that, that apartment. And I then saw, okay, uh, job, networking, apartment to live. What next after that? And so I actually opened up our sales division. I came in with my sales license and said, well, what, why don't we sell them in the first place? And so... Uh, right away, those guys were like, great, like, let's, let's do that. Let's do this. And so uh, they really helped teach me how to run a business, not just have a job. And so they have since sold Home Scout Realty, um, but I invested in a company at Urbanbound that, that they are, are currently running right now. They've also started other companies like Hyrology. Uh, so I've invested in their company. Uh, we help support. Urbanbound is a corporate relocation company that's 
digital disruptor in the relocation space. So I personally invested. We help when they relocate employees throughout the world to the Chicago area. Uh, we get to help service them as a preferred vendor. Um, so I'm both involved with them as an investor, as a real estate agent, and then just still, you know, they will always be great sales mentors and, and business mentors and, and guides as a whole. Um, so lucky to have them as, as friends and, and, and collaborators and mentors. Yeah, most people do not have that opportunity. So yeah. that's definitely yeah. a win and helped you along your path. Yeah. So from from there to where you are now, what did that path look like? So because it started off as a leasing team or a leasing company, we then expanded the company and I was running a leasing team. And then as I was building my business and people who were renting for a year or two were starting to be interested in wanting to own a place, that's when I, I opened up our sales division. So, you know, we were a boutique small company and we didn't have uh, you know, backings of national companies. So we, we really kind of wrote our process our, our, ourselves of teaching people how to become first time buyers and understand the market. And because job placement agency and networking, we were always, I kind of considered myself at the time like the ambassador of Chicago. Like, okay, hey, Ray, you come to Chicago, let me help you build your life here. And it was always about education, resources, empowerment, um, as opposed to just sales. Um, and so having built out a leasing team and then building out the sales team, being a mentor, being a coach, being a collaborator, being an educator, um, that really helped. Uh, and being on the leadership team for a small boutique company you know, right out of college was this great experience. And so uh, that was you know, running the sales team for until about 2016, 2017, when the company was acquired by Coldwell Banker. And so... I was no longer in charge of all of, you know, the sales department of Coldwell Banker. So that's when we actually formed the team, which was called My Chicago Resource, because uh, we wanted to be your go-to resource for everything you needed in Chicago. Um, so from running a, a leasing team to then the sales team, to then starting my own real estate team. Uh, and then we just last month and, or two months ago in, in August of 2021, we rebranded from My Chicago Resource to One Corner uh, which we can talk about more, but what led to that rebranding. But so now we, we have a team, we're a top 1% team in Chicago. We do buying, selling, investors, multi-units, and we still have a leasing division uh, because we see it's such a big part of uh, supporting people, supporting friends, uh, supporting new agents who want to get into real estate and helping people who rent their first place to buy their first place and then being a first-time seller as well. Okay. Awesome. So let's do two things. Let's talk yeah. about that team structure and what yeah. that looks like and how that functions from the inside of your business out. And then we'll dive into why the rebranding and talk about yeah. rebranding a little bit. That cool? Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. that's cool. All right. So let's dive into team. So team structure. So I said the, uh, when we were acquired by Coldwell Banker, so I had business partner, Pete Krasinowski, who were, uh, he's a partner of One Corner now as well still. Um, so he actually came as a leasing agent and, and then quickly we, we partnered together to work on some sales deals. And so when we were acquired by Coldwell Banker, him and I formally started the team and we had uh, a partner and executive assistant who became an operations manager. Her name was Candice. That was really the start core of, of the team. And then we had some other leasing agents who were learning how to become their sales agents who we had handpicked to say, great, you know, we want you on the team. And, uh, and they were helping us with individual day-to-day -day tasks. So we took that model and when we went to Cobo Banker, and since we are now, we are, have now become at Keller Williams, 
uh, a team of specialists. So I'm our lead listing specialist. So all of our listings uh, I handle. Uh, and then Pete is our lead buyer specialist. So, so our buyer's team he manages. We have buyer's specialists. So we have Amina and Dario who are buyer's specialists. So Ray, if you came to me and said, you're looking to buy a place, I would say, great, yes, I have a great resource. And it's gonna be Amina and Dario. Like they're, they are buyer specialists. That's all they do. That's what their specialty is. If you're looking to sell your place, that would be me. And even let's say if you're looking to sell your place and buy a new one, Ray, I'd help you sell it. And then I have my buyer's team buy it. I truly believe if you went to, are, are you a coffee guy or? I uh, have uh, coffee. Yeah. Okay. Where, where do you get your coffee from typically? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm a okay, Dunkin great. Man. I'm East Coast man. Yeah. You're an East Coast man, right? So the, the person taking your order, are they the ones that are making the donuts? Okay, right. Um, are they the ones doing the marketing for that 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 location? Nope. Uh, that person taking your order depends on who they have on staff. Are they the ones that are running the drive-through? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. You know, it depends on, on on the time of day of the staff, right? Um, just like at, at also Starbucks, right? You have somebody who's going to take your order, someone who else is going to make the drink. Um, so we believe that if I'm out doing paperwork or in the office doing paperwork, I can't be selling your house. I can't be negotiating for you or I can't be generating clients. And so we believe in that, in that model as well. And that I'm the best listing agent and my partner is the best buyer's agent. And uh, we also have a client care specialist, uh, currently Shauna, who does all the in-person items like showings, walkthroughs, inspections. Because if I'm at a three-hour listing appointment, I can't, what if I can't make a showing? And that's not fair for, for that client. Internally as well, we have an operations manager, Jen, and a listing manager. Uh, we currently work with with a transaction management group who helps onboarding our listings. And once we find a buyer, I trust nobody to do their own job. I don't trust, you know, if I'm representing a, a listing and a seller, I don't trust that buyer's agent to hit their deadlines, that buyer's attorney, that buyer's lender. Um, so we have someone who manages all of those deadlines as well. And once again, I have someone who's just managing deadlines to make sure we, we don't miss anything. So we are a team of specialists and structured to make sure that uh, we can support a client's perfect real estate experience. How did you figure that out, Joel? Because they That's don't a great teach you, yeah. They don't teach you that in real estate school. You did not learn that in college. Yes. You did not learn that in a sales role. So how did you Correct. figure that out? That was one of the big draws for joining Keller Williams was teaching you. So my initial mentors, you know, Michael, Michael, and, and Jeff taught me how to run a business. And it was amazing how when I was, when we became a top agent and we're networking and interviewing with all these agents throughout the country and the world, the main consistent theme was treat your business like a business. Most agents don't do that. So that was the fact that I had the entrepreneurial teaching and mentoring was a huge pillar. Then joining Keller Williams was here's how to run a team. Like they're literally the, the, the model, like Gary Keller wrote, Gary Keller and Jay Papsan who wrote Millionaire Real Estate Agent, uh, it's not about the money. It's about the, the systems and structure. And in 2006, that was the first real estate book I, I, I bought and read was the millionaire real estate agent. And, um, and so they'd already written the model of how to create uh, different actual layers and levels of, of the team. And there's something called a seven level team. That's, that's what we hope to get to one day. So we were fortunate to have that and a really great hiring and systems and tools in the house through Keller Williams. And uh, we actually even also had a, a great, our uh, Candace, who was our, our director of operations for, for years, uh, really was, was great with systems and processes to make sure that everything we did, we had a systematic, systematic structure to it. And so we kind of built this 
slow, you know, slowly over years. I, I wish I, we were always had more sales and more growth. Um, and at the same time, I really feel like we have a really wonderful foundation right now. I think you mentioned um, about transaction team. Are you using yeah. an external transaction coordination type yeah. team to handle all of your Great question, yeah. So we, we did have, our, we previously did have it in-house where we had our operations manager also doing transaction management. Um, and we got to a point where, where when you're doing more than, we have more than 100 deals a year, more than, than 100, 100 leases a year as well. So our aim was to help 225 people move this year. We're, we're just under 200 for the year so far. Um, and so that's a lot of different, that's a lot of paperwork, that's a lot of transactions, that's a lot of people, that's a lot of different um, experiences to help navigate. And we felt that if we are a team of specialists, we need a dedicated transaction manager. And uh, it was fortunate that actually during a, a transition period where, where when, while we were transitioning people in different roles, our uh, a transaction manager who used to work in our office at the Keller Williams office, uh, she had moved to Denver to, to support her family and, and with her, a, a, her husband having a job relocation. So she was trained by the Keller Williams models. She used to work for uh, some, some of my best buddies in real estate, Josh Weinberg and Tommy Choi, the Weinberg Choi Residential. Uh, so she was trained by a team that I trusted. She was trained by the Keller Williams office. So she had all the same systems and models we had. She just physically wasn't here. And no better time than now, as, as all of our lives are, are being questioned, what's the difference between a remote employee versus a virtual assistant versus a third party right now? Like, those lines are being blurred than ever before. And they were great at what they did. There was a great value proposition. They had the communication that we expected of ourselves and for our clients. And we've been really happy so far. So um, yes, it is a third party. Um, and we're transparent about that, that you know, when we introduce the team, that we have a dedicated transaction management team. And it's, it's actually worked really well for us. What would you say to somebody who is scared to let go and actually make that leap? Or yeah. maybe, maybe isn't it your volume? but is doing 25 transactions a year. Yeah. And if they hired a, a remote TC, they could, I don't know, double or, you know, yeah. even increase by 15% to get to 36 yeah. transactions. What would you say to somebody who's afraid to let go? So first of all, I, I, I love that that's the question that you asked. That, that is the exact right question. So for anyone who's actually listening and been following you, uh, Ray is a great person to be to be following. So so keep 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 at it. He, he's earning your trust and, and your loyalty to be listening. So that, that is the exact that. right question. So I'll give you a three part answer for that. One was uh, when I was first, you know, I was just a solo agent, and when I realized, okay, things are getting overwhelming. Working seven days a week, working 80, 90 hours a week, that is not sustainable. So one is we think like, oh, hey, we're doing great for our clients by working all the time, and. We're, we're not. If we're showing up tired and, and stressed, we're not oh. always our best. Yep. And so when, when you go to hire your first assistant, it's a really scary thing. So I was fortunate that my partner, Pete, who I said, we, we first just started doing deals together. Then we started doing some marketing together. Then we're like, okay, well, you know, we both need an assistant, but we're both too scared to hire our own. So let's share one. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I think we're actually in business together. Like, I think we just started a team. Oops. Um, uh, but hiring that first assistant, which was, I can't remember the exact salary, but let's say it was in the 40 to 50K range, you know, 40K range. Uh, I increased my production by 20% that year alone. And that was the only change that we had made that year. Can I um, ask you so, a question about yeah. that assistant? 
Was yes. that person a licensed real estate agent? They were not. They were purely, which, which is what most agents do. They hire another licensed person. But if the problem is, first of all, typically most salespeople are not great at the details and the paperwork stuff like this. So you need someone who's going to be an integrator and someone who's going to be the detail master, not more paperwork. Uh, not someone who's going to be producing more paperwork. So most agents think, let's just find another me and then double it, right? And I can see how that can make sense, but just the opposite. It's you need someone to take the stuff off of your place. And, and so that was pillar one was you're going to get burnt out and it's a scary thing, but I saw 20% growth. Pillar two was what I'm just about to talk about is there were two lines or two things that happened. First, somebody said how much, not to, not to belittle assistance or someone who's at an hourly wage who's making 10 or $20 an hour. But as a salesperson, you can be making 200, 300, 400, $500 an hour. So it's how much, you know, $20 hour work did you do today? And when somebody asked me that, you know, that hurt that physically, like I felt that in my gut, it's like, okay. Um, so how much, how much work did I do today that, that someone who was at a $20 an hour wage or, or, uh, you know, entry level salary could be doing. And I was literally, working below my pay grade, right? An attorney who knows what they charge per hour, $250, $300 an hour. If they hire a driver to drive them to commute, you know, to their appointments or the meetings or, or downtown, and that driver is $50 an hour, and they can be in the backseat of the car working at $250 to $350 an hour, you're making $200 an hour by paying somebody $50 an hour, right? Um, so that's, that was like this, this fundamental uh, uh, switch that, that, that hit that was really important. And then also what somebody asked me to do was for an entire week, I wrote down everything I did for an entire week. And then I, I, I sitting on an airplane, flying to Arizona uh, on a vacation, on a much needed vacation. And I went through that list and I bolded everything that if, you know, the worst case scenario, I can only do certain things. What would it be like, what, what could I not let go of and which ones were actually the dollar earners? Not that it's just about money, but when making business decisions, that has to be an element. And there was only like four things that were bolded for both categories that only I could do and were dollar generators. And I realized that, okay, like that next day, after hearing the, how much $20 an hour work did you do today and making that list, I just took everything that list that I didn't want to do and made that into a job description. And that was really fundamentally uh, a, a huge shift in um, in that category. So can, and we, then, pause, can yeah, we pause yeah. right there, Joel, and yeah. dive into it, dissect that yeah. a little bit? So two things, yeah. right? I'm hearing, number one, uh, hire for your weaknesses, period. Don't try yeah. to fix them. Don't try to shore them up. Like bring on an assistant that can take the work that you are either not good at or don't want to do off your plate. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, how or who told you to do these things, right? Because you made a yeah. significant mindset shift that, you know, sometimes that stuff comes to you, right? When you're just yeah. frustrated and you actually take a step back and then just begin again. But 90% of the time, somebody points it out and you're like, yeah. oh shit, you're right, <laughs> right? So how, wh what was that moment for you or who was that person for you that helped you like make that fundamental change? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know what, I'm like, I'm actually embarrassed to try and like put myself in to even know uh, where, because I feel like it was it was picked up from a handful of different different places and different sources at that time. Sure. Um, since since then, we had hired a, you know we we didn't have a real estate coach at the time, 
Um, so uh, I know who got me to those next levels. And at that time, I, I don't think I had a consistent uh, a consistent coach to get me that information, that advice, which is why every time someone, whenever I speak on a panel or, or whatever it may be, someone says, what would you do if you went back in time or, or tell a new agent? I would always join a team or hire a coach because having that mentor, that consistent person who can go deep into your business, not just biz, business in general, is such a, a such a revolutionary, it's a simple concept, right? We have personal trainers. We, you know, we, we always had sport coaches, have a business coach. Um, so I wish I had that earlier and I don't know, uh, I don't know the single source that got me that information. I was lucky to have stumbled across it. Okay. So then let's go to the four things. What were the yeah. four things that only you could do and would generate revenue? Yeah. yeah. So it was the lead generation, which I, I was still further a challenge of someone could, to make some initial lead generation calls, right, on your behalf. Doesn't mean you're the only one who has to do lead generation, but uh, you making personal connections and contacts in the first place. That's first of all, that's what I love to do anyway. Um, but having someone, people do business with people, not 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 companies or businesses, right? So uh, lead generation, but really it's more so relationship building, not just lead generation, because you can hire an ISA, you can hire someone to make phone calls for you to tee up those calls. So relationship building. Uh, negotiations. I do believe that that's still that's why someone hires me until I replace myself in that role. Then it was more on the uh, as a business owner uh, working at what I call on the business. So things like uh, vision, things like goals, things like uh, helping solve problems uh, on, on the business, not not in the business. And what was number four? I don't know. I'd have to probably look back at that list to figure out what, what, what number four would be. But, you know, part of that probably was actually recruiting, training, mentoring, um, and really just uh, education, right? So education for myself and, and teaching and mentoring others. Uh, and an endless thirst for knowledge uh, has always also been a, a great core cornerstone of my personal business and in our team as well. I love that. Okay. We covered a lot there between team, uh, some mindset shifts and some changes. Let's go to the rebranding and yes. talk about marketing, branding a little bit. And let's go from where you were to where you wanted to go and what that change looked like and why it happened. Yeah, absolutely. And then actually, well, there was, there was one more item that, that I wanted to note that was uh, in retrospective of when building the team and, and doing what. Um, if, if I can jump back to one thing, Please, um, yeah. so I mentioned that Keller Williams had great systems and tools and, and specifically a hiring process. And there's something called career visioning. It's part of the hiring process and has some of the most amazing hiring tools I've ever experienced. So I say like, even during an interview process, this isn't like a sales pitch where I'm like trying to, Hey, Ryan, Ray, you know, how can I get you to work for me? This is, these tools will help you learn more about yourself than you've ever experienced in your entire life. And it will help you understand which roles and environments you thrive and how to find the right people in the right environment in which you're going to thrive. And what is the best version of yourself that you want to get towards? And having you uncover that through that experience will then help me say as, as a team leader, yes, this is a good fit or this isn't a good fit. Because there's no point in rushing through or selling somebody on a sales process uh, when it's not the right fit for, for each of you in each of your lives. And so what was interesting is after taking there's something called the, the KPA, the Keller Personality Assessment. And you, it's like this hour-long timed test. I happen to love those kind of things, but it was like vocabulary puzzles, like some, you know, 
some some tough some tough testing. It's not just a, a normal personality test. And it, it, there's a document that it spits out. It's like a 40, 48 page document of, which says what were your strengths and weaknesses. And all of a sudden, like yes, this is me. Like how did it know? But there's also this this job fit report uh, or job match report which says of all the lists within Keller Williams you know ecosphere which ones are you going to be most comfortable on a scale of zero to one and the number the lowest ranking job that I was that that I ranked the least out of it, 0.21 out of one was a solo agent was an individual agent and it was like this mind-blowing experience to realize I was in the wrong job for seven years I was a solo agent and I was in the wrong job for seven years, working seven days a week, 80 hours a week. So that goes back to pillar one of the unsustainable. But I was in the wrong job. I should have been a leader. I should have been. A, I should have gotten all, all those things off my plate. So that was also like this this big aha moment to realize like, wow, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad I built this team, uh, and I wish someone had told me about this a long ago. So I've heard various things about this through other yes. Keller Williams brokerages yes. and agents, but. Can anybody take this? Like, is this a public thing anybody could take? Yeah, so great question. Yeah, I'm, I'm not all about Keller Williams just to be rah-rah for the sake of it, right? You know, we're all about collaboration and communication. And and, and I see other people in the industry as, as collaborators not and colleagues, not competitors. Uh, you, we do have to, like, pay for access to the link. Um, but, yes, if anyone wants to reach out, you know, I put my contact info somewhere. And uh, we get charged, like, 20 bucks uh, each time unless we, we're doing, like, five five a month or something so it is a paid tool that we have to pay for um but if someone's interested in, in learning more even if you have no interest in joining keller williams i don't know if i'm supposed to offer it but why not you know keller williams is all about transparency and, and collaboration so it's a really cool beautiful experience um so i'm going to text you i want to take that there's something called the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Have you mm -hmm. ever taken that? Uh, I have not taken it, but I know that it's, you know, as we were evaluating different tools to use for our team, yes. Yeah, that's really cool. I've taken that and I was blown away by the results and I wish I would have done it like 25 years ago. Mm. What, what were some of the things you were most blown away from? Um, you know, like, it, so the way that it works is it gives you, I think, a list of 35 different things from one to 35, mm. one being your best, right? Mm. So one to five are your top strengths and the sum of one to 10 are your core strengths. And then everything else are your strengths, but in a specific order with number 35 being your weakest strength, if that yes. makes sense. Right. Yes, but absolutely. It doesn't talk about your weaknesses. That's not the point of it. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, Hey, I've kind of had this like subconscious level awareness of here's what I should be doing. But often I get distracted for whatever reason, and I end up doing all of this other stuff that I shouldn't be doing, right? So yeah. it resonates with me when you say, dude, that should have been off my plate seven years ago, and I should have been part of this team. I should have been a team lead. I should have been focusing on you know, listings or building the bigger business. And for me, it was very similar, right? Like some of yeah. my big ones were uh, visionary, focus, decisions, like being able to make a quick decision and move forward. Yeah. And like those things are very relevant to how I am as a person. And, you know, for the majority of my life, I've always had my own businesses. Yeah. And when you create something, often it starts by yourself and then you start collaborating and you start adding on a team and building these other things. But I know for me, sometimes I legitimately forget Right. Cause I'm like so entrenched and focused in like what I'm trying to build. And I have this vision, like 
it's done in my head of this is what it's going to look like. Now I have to reverse engineer it and make sure I lay the bricks to build that, right? And I'll pull the people in where I need them. But sometimes you don't have the resources to do that when you're a startup or when you're building something from scratch, you know? And a lot of my history has been in product development. So literally I've built products from zero that went to big box retailers or they were built for a private label type situation, right? So in that sense, you may be working on patents or developing new technology and leveraging technology that exists in other countries and licensing deals. Like there's all these moving parts. Um, And since then, like what I've created for myself is much different. What I'm trying to create is much different. Yeah. But um, my point is, is sometimes you forget to like do what you're good at. Right. So well, well, it comes back to product development. If you can see the list of the, the value proposition of the product, which is you in this case, you get your list of one through 35 and figure out which, which parts of the product do I want to develop? Then, then it's the debate of do you develop number one through 10 to be stronger or do you, do you develop number 30 through 35 to, to improve those as well? That's a different debate. Yeah, 100%. And that's yeah. exactly what it is, right? It's a debate yeah. or an opinion or a judgment call or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. And that's, um, I'd be happy to get you the, uh, a link to that test. And, and yeah, send me a link to that and I'll send you my test results so you can take a peek at what that looks like. It's cool. Deal, deal. That'll be part two of our podcast. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's move on to rebranding, marketing, yes. and that type of stuff. Tell me, yes. tell me about it. Tell me So, why. yeah, so for, for years, for about five years, our, our team name was My Chicago Resource. And once again, the big word being resource uh, in that would say if whether you need a good restaurant recommendation, an attorney, a mover, a cleaner, a painter, uh, should I do this renovation? Should I not? Walk me through these neighborhoods. Uh, I need to, to meet, uh, hear the people I'm looking to meet in my business. It was, I wanted people to call me, right? Like that was great. I'm your central switchboard uh, connector. And that was like my real passion. I always said like, I happen to be a professional networker and, and collaborator. And I also just happened to run a top 1% real estate team. Like real estate was the way for me to be able to do those, those things. I'll, I'll never forget. I had a friend, you know, after we recently graduated college and we were talking about real estate and, and one of the events I was hosting. Um, and he's like, you know, Joel, I think you just stay in that, per- you just stay in touch with that person or those people because you're in sales. And I was like, you got it backwards. Like I'm in sales because I love staying in touch, you know, and helping those people. And sure, that can sound cliche or cheesy or whatever it may be, but real estate is is more of like the channel and the drug to help me get my fix of helping people. And so my Chicago resource was always about how can I be your go-to trusted resource. And now with, I mean, our, our this was a long time coming, but the last two years and 18 months, a lot of things have changed in terms of your priorities and your home has become your sanctuary more than ever actual not just emotional and spiritual but physical you know health sanctuary for, for some at times we're reprioritizing and we're i've had more clients who were like hey um we're gonna list my place on a monday i'm gonna get my car uh you know go drive to denver for a week you know sell it by the time i come back and i'm not coming back uh, you know, oh, by the way, I'm not coming back. Or, uh, hey, I'm looking to sell my place. And, oh, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know yet. It's exciting. And so one corner was was the proverbial, I'm in your corner, right? I'm going to fight, kick, and scratch for you to get the best deal, the best terms. And it's not just necessarily the lowest price. It's I, I'm here to help you understand what's important for your life and help empower you to figure out uh, what will help get you there. 
because sometimes we we need to uncover a truth that the client doesn't even know about exists yet or uncover a problem. So we're in your corner. We're here to fight for you, and we're here here to be your coach to kind of help get you that pep talk that you need to, to reach your goals. Uh, the corner in the you know hey, here's my corner spot. Whether it's a whether it's a, a neighborhood you know corner neighborhood, whether it's a corner coffee shop, your corner Dunkin' Donuts, um, just where where people feel like physically at home or connect to whether it's a neighborhood or a small business or just a feeling when they walk through the neighborhood so helping people find their place in the world and then corner one step further is where where two things meet um and it, they could be completely related things or completely unrelated things and it's you know, how do i work from home um but then also have the, the example was like we sold it. We sold some places twice in the last two years where we sold it. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, the sale went so well, I was able to buy a boat. Like one person bought a boat in Indiana, one person bought a boat in Seattle. And it was like, well, where, you know, where can we help empower you to get to your next level in life and where your professional career meets, you know, your, your weekend regattas and, and, and sailing. And it's just this beautiful ability to empower people to find the, the things that drive their happiness and joy, short-term and long-term, and for us to be able to uncover that. So that was a big part of the rebrand of just really connecting that social spirit. How did you come to that decision of like, hey, my Chicago resource is not working for us anymore. Yeah. We're going to move over here. And, you know, you just explained the why, right? Like yeah. the why behind it and the purpose. But what led you there? So the the what prompted the conversation in the first place was was a two parter. One was just uh, the our branding and logo and all that was was whether it felt dated or rudimentary. We felt that the world was was getting more streamlined, and and, and um, I felt we we needed to stay more more modern, more relevant in terms of the actual branding and signage and logo. That was part one. Part two was we had the word Chicago in it. And yes, I will always, and you can see you know, behind me, I have my, my Chicago map and, and Chicago will always run through my veins. And I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but um, you know, having actually lived in the, in the city was just you know, such an important part of my life. And, and our team still does a predominant amount in, in the city. Uh, I grew up in the North Shore. I now live in the North Shore. Uh, 25% of our business is in the North Shore. But we want to be able to say, regardless whether you're in Chicago or the North Shore or wherever in the world, I have clients in China, Toronto, Seattle, Germany, um, all, all across the world. And it's not just about Chicago anymore. And so one is removing Chicago from that and that we can help anywhere, anyone and anywhere in the world find their corner. And whether you want to decide you want to invest in, in industrial real estate in Texas, I can't do that directly, but I know someone who does. And so really having this larger encompassing non-geographical aspect of helping people find their corner of the world and being in your corner wherever, wherever you may be. Um, and then also we want to be able to empower when we hire and have people join our team and join our family on the team. A long time ago prompt to this was if someone was like, I want to move to Denver at one point, like, great. Like, let's start, let's start my, my Denver resource as opposed to my Chicago resource. And we wanted to be able to create our world so large that other people's visions and dreams could fit in ours, as opposed to being like the Chicago bears where uh, we teach them how to be great and then to go be successful somewhere else. Right. Uh, so uh, we want to be able to keep people within our world. And so one corner will allow if somebody wants to come in doing leasing and start their own leasing team. 
great. Someone wants to come in and open up an expansion team in Scottsdale or Denver, great. Like we're now ready to be able to help expand our world around others that are in ours. So a bigger vision. A bigger vision because bigger people's vision. visions and lives are changing and growing more than ever before. And we want to be able to, to keep them in our life and in our world. I love that, man. That's good stuff. That's rich, right? That's a rich life. A buddy of mine runs a show called the rich life show. And like, that's what that reminds me of. It's just yeah, cool. Bigger vision, rich life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So keep going. Let's keep going into marketing branding, kind of what it means to you, how you use it, how you build it, how that ties into your lead generation strategies. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to dive into that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of real estate teams are, are you know, internet, internet uh, leads or, or, you know, they purchase leads or they do farming, which is uh, those of you new into the real estate world or not, you know, picking a geographical area and just marketing to those specific people. Because I, my career started as, you know, back to the job placement and business and promotion, you know, business and social networking and finding the first place. We've always been very much of a database uh, referral relationship team. And so I think 90 over 90% or 95% of our deals are, are just repeat business or referrals from people we know. So we are purely, our goal is to create communities and experiences within our, our network um, and hoping that we've provided so much value that when they actually do need to buy or sell real estate, they, they, they call us. So in terms of our marketing, it's less about uh, setting out a blanket mailers, which we still do. Like when we sell when we list a property, I got into real estate in the mid 2000s. So uh, that was a hard time to be selling real estate in 2007, eight, nine and beyond. So we treat it as if it's a terrible market. So we do postcards and we do so targeted social media and um, we were doing door knocking at one point. So we still do, we do, do still do some of that uh, blanket targeting and, and marketing, but our main business and our main lead generation and our main goal is to create community experiences. So about two, three weeks ago, we did uh, for all of our clients, we opened up to just our clients at first and then opened up to others. We hired a professional photographer on Saturday was uh, in Lincoln Park, right by the Lincoln Park Zoo, like near the lagoons. And we had people sign up for a 15 minute professional photography session outdoors. So that way, if someone didn't feel comfortable having a photographer in their own house or didn't have the money to do it themselves, uh, great. You know, you're a client or a partner of ours or a friend of ours. Uh, come come enjoy an outdoor professional photography session and, and we'll send you professional photos, you know, three professional photos to use for yourself or your holiday cards. And on Sunday, we had we, we picked a, a spot in Glenview. Um, and we were meeting people. We had, uh, I think, six dozen Joe Donuts. Uh, on a table and a bunch of swag and giveaways and we were meeting people walking on the paths uh, to register to win to win their own you know photo session and so we were trying to create a healthy uh, fun community experience and that's the way i view marketing of how can i create a, a culture and community and collaboration and support people's lives not just help them buy or sell home so let's pause with that for a minute because that yeah. is out of the box and different right that most people would ever do is like, Hey, community clients, uh, vendors, team, whatever, we're going to spend whatever the cost was maybe four or five grand to hire a professional yeah. photographer for their day rate. Two full days. Yeah. Two yeah. Full two days, full days. Yeah. Right. And come to these, one of these two locations, depending upon yeah. where you're located, city or yeah. suburbs and get your three headshots 
or full yeah. body poses or whatever you need for your professional career. Like you said, holiday card, family photo, whatever. And they're yours. That's it. Have a yeah. donut and leave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we had uh, uh, people, yeah, family photos for family shots. We had, we had business partners come and take, take professional headshots or new companies being launched. And you know, they took their first professional photos as the new company. It was really fun, cool uh, experience. And, you know, we have, we have partners that help with, um, like in July, we gave away a 4th of July uh, private boat party. Right. So if you're not, if you're, um, my family has been very strict through, through this pandemic. And so uh, it was always important to say, if we're going to market to a ton of people, we want to make sure that it's as safe as possible. So we, we did a, a, a boat party for a, a private boat for 11. So if you won Ray, you'd be able to invite 10 of your friends to do a, a private 4th of July boat tour. But we had a, a lender and an attorney and a title company help with sponsorship. So our actual end of you know, out-of-pocket costs were, were rather minimal to be able to, to, to advertise to our entire database first, to give our, our clients first, and then expand it to targeted social media and, and mass promotions. So that way we can at least still try and generate, uh, generate leads. And our goal is to generate 58 leads per event. So we are still trying to generate new leads and then have a lead follow-up process with that. So there is still sales elements you know, to treating it like a business, but uh, having it be a great touch point, a lot of agents get, uh, you know, phone, scared on the phone to, to call. I can't call you every single month, Ray, and say, hi, oh, by the way, are you thinking about buying or selling? Or do you happen to know anyone who's looking to buy or sell a home? Right. But I can call you every month and say, hey, by the way, Ray, we're doing professional photos uh, five blocks from where you live. Bring the kids. How'd you get to 58 leads? Where'd that number come from? Yeah. So, so that's. Thanks to some of the Keller tools, right? We have a, a one, three, five, which is you get one main goal for the year, three priorities to support it, and then five strategies under each priority to, to support those. Yep. And so our goal was to help 225 people this year move. And we figured out, okay, of those 225 people, how many were going to be buyers? How many were going to be sellers? How many people were going to be landlords? How many people were going to be renters? We figured out, then we reverse engineered, okay, for every one sales closing, we need to have, um, you know, it's 90%, 90% of, of the deals that we have on our contract sell. Yeah, of the ones that we have on our contract, uh, 90, you know, uh, 75% sell in the first place. Of those 75%, uh, 75% sign that listing agreement. Of that 75% sign the listing agreement, you know, 90% to take the meeting. We reverse engineered how many phone calls did we need to make? How many new people did we need to make to hit our 225 based off of those lead conversions? Love it. So um, it was something like we needed to generate 683 leads for a year, uh, of which uh, 12 events of the year were, were you know, 58 events, uh, 58 leads per event kind of thing. I mean, this is a whole much deeper conversation of know your numbers, right? Most agents yeah. do not know their numbers. Yeah. And which is where, uh, you know, I'm not the numbers guy, right? I, I, all my coaches and mentors say I need to visit my numbers more and, and my P&L more. And that's been something that uh, I've been working on. And that's where I value having a team, a team, my operations manager and my, my business partner, like they help manage the accountability of the numbers and, and the accountability of that. So that way I can go do more of my thing of, of, of meeting new people and, and, and living that passion versus they like spreadsheets more. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, I want to be conscious of your time, Joel. I know you got a business to run. Um, I guess two things. Number one, what do you want other agents to know? Like if you, whoever's listening to us, if they can take away one thing that you can pay forward or give somebody as a gift, well, yeah. what is that? 
So uh, I think I say this every time uh, I've, I've done either a panel or, or I've been doing a lot of presentations for different market centers throughout the country. Um, and I say, if, you know, a lot of people ask about scripting or how'd you know to say that? And I always say, it comes back to be a human. Like these are people problems, not real estate problems. Um, and uh, actually, Ray, for if, if permission to talk, like we're, I'm very fortunate we're working with you, with some family members of yours right, right now to help them, you know, both sell and, and buy a property. And uh, fortunately, an attorney that I work with introduced us to a buddy of his who introduced us to his parents, which happened to be, you know, your, your in-laws, right? When, when we got to meet with them, like, first of all, they like reminded me of my own parents. Like I, I instantly felt this like really great connection. Sure. So that was just cool on, on its own. Like they just needed someone to care for them. Um, and, and, you know, I almost felt like I, I, like I could get like really emotional talking about this. Like I, I, I would have been, if somebody else showed up, like, and was, didn't offer them the care or the concern that they needed, like, then I failed, right? Because there's so many people in the world who are transactional and who are just trying to push an agenda and people just need to be listened to and to be cared for. And, and that's why if, if, if I can help a ton of people, regardless of if they end up actually working with them or not, if I actually still help them, like that, that brings me true passion and spirit to my life. And so if ever in doubt, listen better and be human. Ask human questions, not, 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 not lean on a script or an agenda. Um, and that will always, nobody ever said I, I worked, with, I didn't want to work with that person because they were, uh, they cared about me too much. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, I think that's always the biggest one when it comes to don't be afraid to just listen for an extra moment and, and, and pause and say, how can I be a human? Um, and actually, Daniel Pink, who is a great uh, speaker on influence and motivation, um, says, remember the empty chair. So imagine if you're having, whether it's a business meeting or you know an internal team meeting, imagine if there's an empty chair in that room. And your client is sitting in that room. The client of yours is sitting in the room. So when you're talking about doing a marketing uh, initiative or talking about a new business initiative, imagine if you had a representative of your database sitting in that room. What would they say about what you're talking about, right? And if we can just imagine the, the, the empty chair of even if nobody's looking to do the right thing and to say the right thing um, and to be honorable, I think we'll all be in a better position. I love that. Joel, after that, I have no more questions, man. It's a good place to wrap up. I think, I think you hit it on the head. Be a human and always imagine somebody else is there representing and listening, right? Make the right decisions. Yes. yes. I love Amen. that. Joel, thanks for your time, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, this was really, really wonderful. I could do this all day, right? Thank you for trying. Right, we'll you do asked it really great questions. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. We'll do it again. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.